Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Clutch Talk podcast slash YouTube slash We Do It All. As always, I am your host, John. Very happy to be here. My boy, Jay, his over there in the six. How you doing, my dog? Doing great, brother. Ready to talk about as usual. Let's get right into it, man. Man, let's get right into it, brother. We definitely got a lot to talk about for today's episode. Uh, today is Sunday, February 27th. For all the fans out there listening, we got a jam-packed episode. We got the up or down report like how we used to do. We got who's most likely to. We're going to go over some um, some games that uh, both me and you have, winners and losers of the week. And then we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here. Is, is that cool with you, brother? Yes, sir. Let's do it, man. Let's do it, brother. So let me start with the up or down game. I know it's been a couple episodes since we've started with this one. So I'm going to start with a hot one for you, brother. Are you up or are you down? The Philadelphia 76ers are now the title favorites to come out of the yeast. The yeast. The yeast. <laughs> I mean, the Minnesota, uh, sorry, the game against Minnesota with James and, and Embiid and looking like Maxi coming into his own, like having not to facilitate the offense, look good. Um, the, the, the 76ers look really good. I know right now, as we record on, you know, February 27th, they're playing against the Knicks right now. Not sure to score that game, but I do know that they look great against the Timberwolves, but it's too early to say that they're the title favorites. I mean, honestly, I got to I got to see a larger body of work. We got to see them go through, play some other teams one game they despite them looking great I think it's way too early to say that so I can't say they're the convincing title favorites definitely a contender for the title just strictly because you got Joel Embiid and James Harden on the same squad and you add Tobias Harris and Tyrese Maxey some great a great supporting cast still can't say they're the title favorites in my opinion just yet Okay. Okay. See, yeah, I, I'm, I definitely, I definitely like that answer because I know me and a lot of other people they've kind of gotten a little bit ahead of the curve and been like, oh well, they're, they're title favorites. And the reason why I think that they're title favorites out of the East is only because of the fit between Harden and and, and Embiid. But you're right though, we have to see it. Fit is one thing, and I physically actually doing it is a whole nother thing. But so, so you, you know, I'm not gonna lie, Jay, you you are you are right about that. So, uh, so. Yeah, you're right. I can't. Are you, gotta, are you saying, uh, sorry to interrupt no, you, John. Are you saying, are you asking like title favorites to get out of the East? Or are you saying title favorite to win the NBA title? No, nah, to, 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 to get out of the East. I still don't think that either, though. Okay. So, yeah. still, okay. All right. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I still, I still have the Bucks out of the East right at this very moment. Um, just because, yeah. Now the Sixers, like I said, question mark. And yeah, the Nets, we still don't even know when Ben's being back. So yeah, question mark for the yeah, I don't think the Sixers okay. right now. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I I I definitely need to need to slow the gun. I I definitely had him up there, but um Let's let, let let let's not forget about Giannis and, and what he's what Giannis and the Bucks have actually proven. So so, yeah, I'm right there with you, Jay. Um, and then just I guess just like a little follow up question to that. But would you again, I know it's a one game sample size, but would you feel comfortable saying there it's a lock for the top three seeds in the East? And I did. I, I got to go to the to the drawing board and look at the standing. So you look at the the heat right now playing, obviously playing great basketball on a three game winning streak. The Bulls 
lost last night to the Grizzlies. Um, and they're, they're obviously struggling, waiting to get their guys back. Not Sorry, not struggling, but they're waiting to get their guys, all their guys back and get healthy. I love the addition of Tristan Thompson. And then they're the top, they're the top three seed right now. And I can see them um, staying there. Um, that 36 and 23, that is the the Sixers. And I can see them floating around that top three seed. So, yeah, I say, I'd say they're a lock. I, th- I can see the Bucks pushing into that top three seed because I know they're going to be a wanted top three seed and have um, definitely first um, home court advantage in their first series. So uh, I think those three teams, the Heat, the Bulls, and the Bucks, are going to end up end the season uh, in the top three seeds. Wow. So what man. you got? Yeah, yeah what he- you got? Yeah, I'm 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 definitely right there with you. I definitely think that the, the 76ers are going to be able to uh, to pull off a top three seed. I think they're going to uh, actually end up in the second seed. I think the Heat are going to take that first seed. The 76ers are going to take the second seed. Bulls will take Bulls will take third. I have. I have Milwaukee taking fourth and then um, and then the Cavs, the Cavs taking fifth. But what's crazy, Jay, is like if we're looking at the standings right now is I mean, Brooklyn dropped. I mean, Brooklyn dr- dr- dramatically dropped down because because uh, we know we saw KD went down. But like when they get their team back and rocking, I mean, the top five out of the East is is like in my opinion, all title contenders, right? Maybe they, they wouldn't stand a chance against a, a Suns or a Warriors on the, on the, on the West, but mm. out the East, these are title contenders. I mean, some of these teams definitely stand a chance against the Suns and the Warriors, but I'm just saying like a, like a, a Cavs, I think would get uh, mm-hmm. pummeled by the Suns and the Warriors. Uh, but again, then again, I think it'd be a great matchup for the Philadelphia 76ers. I think it'd be a great matchup for the Bucks. I don't know. I just, I just kind of wanted to say that Jay, because, my our whole life growing up the east was kind of a joke but like now like the top five teams are realistically can be the title contenders and represent the east out of the east yeah no i think the east is definitely definitely in a better place than it's ever been in the past yeah 10 years yeah like you said our lifetime um and i think that it just goes to show you just the balance and and how just the balance of powers uh we'll call it that for right now the teams and that superpower era we've, we've seen it it's kind of coming to an end here I think you need maybe two stars and a great supporting cast to win the championships we saw with the Bucks um and, and that year we saw the year before the Lakers and and it was only you know AD and, and LeBron and then those are the only real true stars so I think it's like two stars you really need and that's exactly what the, the Sixers have two g- genuine superstars um and James Harden and Joel Embiid and then you look at the other team's the Bulls got Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan. The Heat got Jimmy Butler. And, I mean, Bam's been playing like a superstar of late, putting up some serious numbers and having some crazy games. And then you look at the Milwaukee Bucks, obviously. They've got uh, Giannis, and then they got half a star, You want, if you want to call it that, and Drew Holiday. And, and take that with a grain of salt. Obviously, he's a great player too, in, his, in his own right. But, I mean, he's not, I wouldn't consider him a superstar by any means. And then – Chris Middleton as well is kind of half a star as well. So, yeah, like you said, those five teams, man, it's crazy. Um, the kind of basketball that they're playing and how crazy the East is. And then you add Brooklyn into that mix. We know what they're going to be. We saw what Kyrie and what the Nets did last night in Milwaukee, picking up a huge win there on the back of Kyrie. And it's scary to, to wonder what they could be when they get Kevin Durant and Ben Simmons in that lineup, man. Man, Jay, yeah, the East, the East is, is is looking scary, Jay. I remember when we did the uh, the power rankings or the preseason predictions, you said the beast in the East, Jay. It really is mm-hmm. the beast in the East, man. Yeah. All right, brother. So let's let's go ahead and keep it pushing. So, 
I need to talk to you about something. So the other day I was out, right? And then I was talking to I was talking to one of my old friends just about basketball. And he told mm-hmm. me he in and the reason why I say old friend is because at this point I can't even be friends with him anymore after saying this, Jay. But he told me, he said wow. he's he's taking a John Morant right now over a young Derrick Rose. I'm in my opinion, I'm not ready to say that. So, Jay, are you up or are you down on that statement? Because I had to write that down. I was like, wait, I mean, I, I guess I see what you're saying, but that might be jumping the gun a little bit. So, brother, are you up or down on that statement? Ooh, I got it. I got it. That's, that's a, tough. That's tough. I mean, I know I know that I don't have the numbers right yeah. in front of me. I know I saw a, a metric and a graph with, with similar numbers at the same age, I want to say, and it was similar to their MVP season, but – I mean, Derrick Rose is a is an MVP. MVP, um, come on. Had a historic year. <laughs> come on, yeah. Led his Bulls. I mean, who knows how far his Bulls would have gone that year if he didn't tear end up tearing his ACL there. Um, and that, I believe it was the first round. So I think it's really early and and too early to jump the gun there. I think that's kind of a. Uh, I'm not ready to say that, man. Ja, as, yeah. as well as Jaw is playing like, and that's no knock on Jaw. Like to be in that conversation to not. I mean. There, there's a lot of high praise and rightfully so for job, but I mean, some of these comparisons being thrown out, are, I think a little, little too early, um, a little too premature. So we, we got to kind of temper expectations. And, and once he, he, you know, proves this in the playoffs and, and has a sick run, not that I think we're ultimately cut short of what Derek Rose could have done in Chicago, mm-hmm. unfortunately, because of due to injury. So I think it's going to be one of those things where we got to see, maybe a couple years we could see prime Derrick Rose and, and make that comparison. But I think another thing similar to that Sixers question, premature, and I'm not ready to, to go with that over Mr. D Rose, Mr. Mr. Shy town himself. I, I can't, I can't give that nod to Jot yet. Yeah. I, I need a little more to add, add to that resume. That's a, that's an NBA MVP we're talking about. But this ain't, this ain't no scrub. Man, Jay. Okay. Thank you, brother. Because I swear, I thought I like, because my friends looked at me like I was crazy. I was like, wait, what are you guys talking about? Derek, nah. I, I get it. John Moran is great. But like John Moran isn't even realistically in my, if I had to put money on the line, I wouldn't put John Moran in my top five MVP uh, ladder right now. I wouldn't even put him in my top five mm-hmm. MVP ladder. Derek Rose, the youngest MVP of all time. So yeah, I'm right there with you, Jay. I'm just happy that um, I wasn't crazy because <laughs> they were looking at me like and I was me- crazy. And let me add that. And let me add that something to, to, to go with your with that statement as well. Um, the Bulls, I mean, I don't even know have the stats in front of me. I just know the Bulls weren't the same team at all mm-hmm. with um, without with without Derrick Rose on the floor and weren't able to win games. I know that for a fact because I remember that season vividly. But if you look at to this season, and this isn't a knock on the Grizzlies or on Jaw. I mean, we talked about it earlier. I forget what what Hidden Takes episode this was. And we talked about the Grizzlies being great and winning a lot of games without Jaw. That just shows you how deep they are and how great of a backup point guard. In my, one, in my opinion, one of the best in the league in Tyus Jones, how great he is. That's a testament to him. But I just think, yeah, the Grizzlies are a great team without Jaw. So for him to be considered, you know, most valuable player, it's a tough it's a tough ask just simply because they're so good without him. And that's not, and, and that's not to say when we, we talked about this, they're not a better team without job. We know that for a fact, it's just, they're able to play and win games because of how deep they are. And I couldn't say that's the same for the bulls. So um, he's definitely not top five. Just saying that DeMar is ahead of him. Let's be real. DeMar is ahead of him for real, huh, Jay? Yeah. Man, DeMar is in the top five. 
if we're, we're talking top five. I, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm definitely right there with you, Jay. I would have Demar over him. I would have, I would realistically, to be real, to have Zach Levine over him. I would, um, I definitely, I definitely would have Antetokounmpo and Bead, uh, Curry, um, Jokic. Uh, so yeah, I mean, he does. Mm. He's not top five. Yeah, basically, I just yeah. have to like seven players. So yeah, all right, Jay. I'm, I'm cool. I just needed to make sure I wasn't tripping on that, brother. Um, let's go ahead and kick it to the next up or down report, and this is uh, mixed with a little bit of news. Uh, so we see Markel Folks is set to return to action from his recent ACL tear um, on on Monday against the Pacers coming up. I believe Monday is going to be the 28th. Yeah, so tomorrow. <laughs> when you guys are hearing this, mm-hmm. Markel Folks will be making his his debut Jeez. against the, against the Pacers. So Jay, mm-hmm. I know um, Markel Folks has been through a lot of injuries, and you know, especially it, it, it hurts because he's a herky jerky player. But mm-hmm. we all had a big expectations for Markel Folks coming out of Washington, uh, landing in Philadelphia. People thought you know he was part of that trust the process, and it didn't really pan out. Be again because of injuries. But Jay, are you up or down on Markel Folks ever really being the number one pick that uh, that that we imagine? or even half that player because before he went down with this ACL injury I can speak to it as a Lakers fan he was playing very well he was playing very well he was killing the Lakers every time he played the Lakers um so I like or do you think that he will ever get back to that number one pick potential right now it's hard to say that he'll ever get back to the value of a number one pick um, which is unfortunate just due to injuries and, and circumstances you can never predict before a career. And we've seen this cut short for a lot of players, unfortunately, in their career. But I think it's one of those situations. Yes, I think he'll come back to half of that. I mean, look at Andrew Wiggins and his reclamation project, um, right organization, right fit. I think he's in a good place for his career right now in Orlando. He was, like you mentioned before, his unfortunate ACL tear last season the beginning of the year he was playing great basketball and there's nothing to be taken away from that and I think that yeah there is an opportunity for Marco Fultz to get back uh, get back to at least half that value and the fact that they took so much time the ma- that is the magic getting him back acclimated getting him back into basketball shape allowing him the time to get back to full strength and I can't imagine that he'll be anything less than you know a reliable role player maybe even a third or second option, maybe second options a little high, but, you know, a third, fourth option on a, on a really good team. Um, if the Orlando magic, you know, progress to that um, at some point, I think he could be a huge part of that. So starting caliber point guard in the NBA, and I think he could get to that point. So uh, that's, that's no knock. I mean, from where he was not being able to shoot free throws literally not being able to shoot. I think that's a good thing and a good, you know, story. And I hope, I hope Fultz is, um, Markel Fultz is able to get to that at some point. Yeah, Jay. I, I, I'm, I, I like that, Jay. Um, you know, as you were talking to be real, one of the things that came to my mind and it's so unfortunate was B-Roy. You remember B-Roy, Jay? Yeah. Man, man, B-Roy was Fuck so it. good back in the day, but it's just the injuries. And, and I honestly yeah. just really hope that Markel Fultz's career doesn't turn into a, a, a B-Roy because I mean, like how you said, like we've seen what he can do when healthy, but he has to get the chance, man. And especially it hurts because it's the knee injuries with a herky jerky player. It's that that that's that's a, that's never a good combination there, man. So but B-Roy, hey. So Jay, but my question: B. Roy is a three-time All Star. You think you think Fultz will be an All Star at any point? Because he'll think, be lucky. He'll be lucky. In my opinion, he'll be lucky to have a, a Brandon Roy 
type career, obviously injuries aside, I mean, I think if Markel Fultz is able to get to at least an all-star game, I think that would be an unbelievable story um, to get back to that. But <laughs> P-Roy was a bucket. I mean, he was an ultimate. He was you know insane. What? That's a three-time all-star we're talking about, Jay. I would love what? for Fultz to get to that. I know he would, too. <laughs> you know what, Jay? You're right, Jay. I don't yeah. think Mark Fultz is going to become a three-time all-star, but I'm not mm-hmm. putting it past him to at least, you know, be able to have a, a good, solid year and, be a, and, and become an all-star. I mean, like how you said, mm-hmm. just look at Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins came to the right team, right situation, um, right role, and thrived in – the same man that everyone considered to watch a couple of years ago, uh, just the starter in the all-star game. Right. So in, the, in, yeah. in, in the same way, uh, I, I believe that, you know, Marco folks could find a right situation, a right role, a right team, and mm-hmm. could, you know, could uh, maybe, maybe not, start an all-star game but you know it may come off the bench and and, and get one star uh one all-star selection there in his career because you're right jay d-roy was a bucket <laughs> let me not disrespect yeah. d-roy <laughs> yeah. All right, man. yeah so then all right jay so let me get to the honestly all right i'll be real jay i don't even know if this is an up or down or if i just need i, I think i need to just get this off my chest can, can i talk to you about this jay can i talk to yes, you sir man mm-hmm. look so look i uh, honestly I don't, and, and this is no knock to anyone that actually deals with like mental health and all that. But like, to be real, like I, I didn't buy the whole Ben Simmons mental health excuse. Like I didn't buy it one bit, like not at all. Like, so it, it, I'm watching him in Philadelphia go through this whole dilemma. He's not traveling with the team. He's not, um, he, he's not sitting at the bench with the team. He's doing nothing. He's having no communication. The team even offered to go see him and he denied that because his mental health was so bad but now that he's on the next a couple of days later now he's on the nets he goes to all the games he's traveling with them he's sitting on the bench so like this whole mental health excuse and explanation like yeah i I get it i'm not saying mental health is not a real thing it's a super real thing but i don't think that he like i and it just pisses me off because he used a real life issue that messes with real people to 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 cry his way out of a situation when 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 what happened all philadelphia had asked him to do is shoot the ball like an nba player should at least be able to 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 do 25 percent of uh, like so I, I don't know jay it's just very frustrating i've been frustrated with ben since the beginning of the season uh since the beginning of, of since he started crying about all this but mm-hmm. i don't like I, I guess i would just my question is like are you up or are you down on his little mental health excuse like do you believe it are you buying it because i'm not to be real bro yeah it's, it's funny you mentioned that it's tough to it's tough to really call. I think he might not have been in, in a state to play to play basketball. And he was frustrated with the simple, the situation, which I can understand. But I mean, we're, we're that's just today's generation. That's how entitled and, and how NBA players have feel. That's just the culture that has been created with uh, contracts and player empowerment and this and that. So, I mean, it doesn't really surprise me whether I buy it or not. It's really hard to call. You know, I can't call it because. It's it's just everything is so in wraps, everything's so secretive. So he could have been, I think it was more just frustration with with the fact that his teammates didn't back him. And I said that way back when when we had, you know, um You said that Chris, for the rip Chris about, on the pat, yeah. About Doc, uh, I remember Sixers, yeah. And and how he didn't back it in. And I I know and Doc from from his standpoint, he didn't say like he couldn't be, he just says, I don't know. It didn't even say yes or no. So 
I mean, it's not like he said, no, he can't be. He didn't know. And at the time, he couldn't. He, he really didn't know. That's a fair, fair answer because we saw that they were the first seed going into the playoffs. He couldn't get it done against the Hawks. So um, he was right. He w- it, w- it was a fair answer. And if you have a problem with that, then get better. Fix the situations. If you can't shoot, fix fix what you got to fix and, and be an NBA player. Do what you're paid to be do. But Man. yeah, no, answer your question. Long story short, it's hard to call, Jay. I can't even say yes or no on that. Man, um, Jay. Yeah, you just you, you literally summed, Jay. You summed it up. You summed it up, bro. Yeah. To do what the fudge you're paid for to do bro like mm-hmm. man i just i i, I can't stand ben simmons because there's people mm-hmm. like me and people like you and people all over this world who would love the opportunity to get paid millions of dollars to play some basketball but you know what that's not what god intended for us so it's all good jay so let's just, let's just keep it pushing and let's get to our uh our next game here and that's who's most likely to but jay we have a little bit of a twist with this one this one is all playoff oriented so basically i'm going to talk about all the teams that are in, in the fringe so i'm going to say who's most likely to get the 10th seed uh and 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 make that play in uh tournament is the Blazers that's currently in 10th or the Pelicans is in 11th and then I'll let you know how many games the Pelicans are out of the Blazers and then we'll also do this for the 6th seed and 7th seed for who is going to avoid the playing situation and then we'll also do this for the 1st and 2nd seed for East and West does that make sense my brother yes sir let's get it okay let's get it my brother so let me start with the West uh to who is most likely to get that 10th seed and be the last team to make that playing situation currently my brother the Blazers sit in 10th at 25 and 30 uh 25 and 35 and the Pelicans are sitting in 11th at 24 and 36 the Pelicans are one game behind the Blazers who do you got finishing in that 10th brother you know, it's a funny question, Jay. I and mean, I, I, I'll just add it with this little background story. The Warriors obviously played the Blazers on Thursday night, Jay, Killed and them. that was an interesting. <laughs> that, was, that was an interesting <laughs> game, Jay, because I'm I'm going up. I'm like, oh, it's thinking, you know, for 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 some reason, I'm like, oh yeah, okay, we played Dame and, and CJ, just just because <laughs> that that's usually who we're playing. And then I go, we go out there. Just, just that was just for a second leading up to the game and then I see Anthony Simons obviously we we know who he is Justice Winslow kind of low he's been bouncing around the league for, for the past three years and since he's been in the league Jay and then a bunch of just g-leaguers an unrecognizable <laughs> blazer team who was actually for about a quarter and a half running with the Warriors actually I think leading at some point and I was just like wow what is this blazer team thinking they're going to do running with the Warriors and, and being like this young team. But long story short, Jay, it was just funny seeing this Blazer team who we've seen being kind of relevant with Dame, you know, Nurkic, all these other players, CJ and that backcourt to a bunch of G leaders out there, Jay. So to answer that question with that little background story added to the fact they got who I just mentioned, CJ plus Brandon Ingram. And a lot of young t- talent, you know, Herb Jones, I saw you tweeted about, and we've had a little bit of conversation about how much we love him and his versatility defensively. He's starting down to knock down the three a little bit more. And I think that's a huge steal for, for the Pelicans. And then add Jonas Valanciunas into the mix. And I think the, the Pelicans are really trying to make a run for it. I think, you know, they, they have no real reason to tank, um, in my opinion, and might as well make a run for that. Um, for that last spot. And I will add a little caveat to this as well, Jay. I think 
if Zion really wants to, we don't know what his relationship has been with the team. Obviously the team's been backing him saying, we saw what JJ Reddick said. He hasn't been, he's not real um, talkative and he's not social to, to his other teams. He doesn't really communicate. He's kind of a lone odd man out in that situation. But Jay, I'll add this. Zion's trying to get the max next year and he knows going into this off season, he wants to be in those negotiation. And if he wants to have some leverage, he's definitely knows that he's got to play some games. So do not be surprised if towards the end of, end of the season, he's able to, he's physically capable of, of um, playing. He's done his uh, rehab and things on his foot, ironically in Portland um, and, and be able to play for the Pelicans. They're going to make a run for it. And he's and Zion may come back towards the end of the season. So look out for that. That's my little prediction there. And um, they could give whoever's that ninth seed, be it the Lakers, especially without Anthony Davis. Um, and I think definitely if they don't have Anthony Davis, they have a chance of possibly beating them in that 9-10 matchup. So that's who I got playing, long story short, in, in the 10 CJ. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, I actually have to be real with you, Jay, uh, no objections. I de- I definitely think that now that the Pelicans got CJ McCollum and they got and having players like, uh, like, like, like Brandon Ingram, like how you said, Herb Jones, and just honestly, they're, they're, they, they have a lot of good, uh, insanely good young role players who are just willing to do the, uh, uh, who are just willing to do the dirty work. And I mean, if you have play, two players like Brandon and CJ, it, it, you got to make a run for it. In my opinion, you can't let those, you can't let those players just waste away, um, not even making the play in situations. So I'm right there with you, Jay. I think that um, they are definitely more likely than Anthony Simons and Justice Winslow and the Blazers to get that, um, get that 10 seed. So, um, so, and then let's just, uh, let's just keep it. I, actually, before I keep pushing, I just, and you can just answer me in a yes or no, Jay, real quick. You, you mentioned Zion, um, wanting to get that max like does he deserve it like to me he doesn't deserve shit like to me he doesn't deserve anything I, I get I see the potential and I get it that he hasn't been out he's been out for like that long so he hasn't had the chance but like does he deserve that or like did does he need to earn it he needs to earn it that's I'd what I'm so, saying I'd be so skeptical if I'm the, the Pelicans to make that move and give him the max just because he's never shown in his career, even at Duke, that he's been able to be healthy. So, no, nah, I don't think he's earned it. Okay, um, me, me too, me too. Played 80-something games in, what, <laughs> two, three seasons? I don't think he's earned it. Man, if he gets it, that's going to be solely off, like, just hype. Like, people just giving him off the hype. So, I hope he mm-hmm. – not to be hating, but I hope he don't get it. I need him to earn that. So, let's let's keep it pushing, Jay, and let's talk about uh, who is most likely to get that sixth seed and avoid the playing situation. Right now, currently, we have the – Denver Nuggets in the sixth seed at 35 and 25. And we have the Minnesota Timberwolves in the seventh seed at 32 and 29. The Timberwolves are three games out of the Nuggets. Now, this is where it starts to get juicy, Jay. This is where it starts to get really interesting because the Nuggets are on a five-game winning streak. But the Wolves aren't no team to be played with this year. So, Jay, who's most likely to get that sixth seed and avoid the playing situation? Uh, I've said it before, said it, say it again. I think the Denver Nuggets just oh, okay. simply because of Nikola Jokic, man. I think they're the the Timberwolves are great. They got some nice young talent, but I just don't think they're there yet to overtake the Nuggets, even with all the the players they got out. 
And I think they just know they're staying afloat. They're, they're staying afloat. They're staying afloat because they know potentially Jamal Murray is going to come back at some point, if not in the playoffs, and be, be able to give them a few minutes. I know he's going to be on a minutes restriction and all that, but he's coming back soon. Um, and, and when he does, it's just another weapon for, for the Joker. So I'm, I'm going to say, especially with that, I like that lead they got right now. Um, on on the the like you said the Timberwolves with um, a four game or three three and a half game lead, Jay. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, see, but see, the Nuggets. Okay, CJ, I, I I really like the Nuggets and Jokic has been freaking balling out this year. But I just uh, I mean uh, I'm gonna stick with the same theme that I've been sticking with throughout the year, and that's like I just feel like this is just it's just not the Nuggets year. Like right now, like the reason that 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 they're sitting that they're sitting right now in six is even simply because Jokic has been like putting the team on his back and like willing them, just willing them in it. And honestly, I just don't think that this is, I don't know how sustainable that is. And and, um, I would, if I had to put my money down the line and I got to believe in something, I'm, I'm, I'm going to believe in that, in that young core of, of Ant, D'Lo and Cat, man. And I, and I know Ant the the other day just had to just, just didn't have the, uh, the best game uh, kind of inefficient, but you know, when Cat shows up, you always got a chance. D'Lo, not the, uh, not the most efficient player, but when he shows up, you know, you, you definitely got a chance. And I really like the, the Timberwolves team defense, man. I mean, um, Patrick Beverly really changed the, uh, the, the culture I hear all the time. Patrick Beverly changed the culture in, in, in Minnesota and, you know, having player, having players like, like Jaden McDaniels, like Jared Van, uh, Vanderbilt, who are willing to, you know, do the dirty work, be that, um, be that great team defense player. So I'm actually going to swerve on this one, Jay. I only think just because I don't know how sustainable it is for Jokic to keep this up, man. But then again, he is the league MVP, so I couldn't be wrong. <laughs> so I'm going to go with, uh, with the Wolves on this one. Um and then, uh, and then for the last in the West right here, Jay, it's just, I mean, shit, you can't go wrong with one or two seed, but for, for the, um, for the first seed um, right now, we currently have the Suns and the Suns are sitting at 49 and 11 in the second seed. We have the Golden State Warriors at 43 and 17. The Warriors are six games out of the Suns. Jay, who do you most likely have knocking that first um, seed? I still got the Suns right now. Um, I said it before when we had um, Garrett on on the on the on the Couple show. Episodes ago. That, yeah, yeah. Um, and and I still I still believe that. I think despite um, CP3 going out, I think six six is a substantial lead. I think we'll see here though shortly if if the Warriors maybe you know get a few games back if they win tonight maybe and the and the Suns lose cut it to five and make it a little closer there could be a case that the the Warriors go for it but ultimately I think they're going to be looking to get guys back healthy you know Draymond's still out they're going to be integrating James Wiseman and you know they'll be resting guys I know Clay just got the report that he's out tonight against the Mavericks um, when they're seeing that well when folks are listening to this they'll already have seen that Clay's out um, cause this will be tomorrow morning when this comes out, but yeah, no, I think the the Warriors are more, you know, kind of, kind of just content with getting that two seed. Um, I think that, that, that they know on the road, whether it's seven games or six or seven games, they believe that they can beat Phoenix, um, in a seven game series. Doesn't matter regardless of having home court advantage or not. Um, I just know that this, whoever gets that one seed and I said it, to you and junior in the chat. I've said it multiple times. 
the Memphis Grizzlies are going to be a top three seed. And I'm, I'm almost willing to and willing to lock that right now. And I think whoever is that two or or three two that, that who's ever that two seed between the Phoenix Suns and, and the Warriors right now, I think it's going to be the Warriors. They're going to have to play the, the Memphis Grizzlies in that Western Conference semifinals, which is going to make it nice for the Suns because they whoever they get you know, the Suns and Warriors are going to, or Grizzlies and Warriors are going to have to put in all that work to beat the other team. And they're going to have to play the Suns the next round and get rid of one team for them. So, um, and the Grizzlies, like I've been mentioning all this time, are a team that no one wants to see in the, in the playoffs. So um, it's going to be real interesting come down the stretch if the Warriors try to make a run or not. But right now I'm going to go with the Suns. Man, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm right there with you, Jay. I think that the Suns are going to end up, taking that first uh, that first seed but I definitely don't think it'll be by six games um I'm like how you said um CP went out and I think now CP being such a um I would say like he's again I, I think I said this last episode he's not the best player on that team because I think Devin Booker is but I think he is a extremely important player on that team and without CP that team isn't going to be able to really go to the, the level that, that that they've been able to go at this season. Um, so I think missing him is that the, the Suns are going to have some hiccups. I think the Warriors are going to be able to shorten that margin. Uh, but, I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, I mean, I'll take first or second seed. So, I mean, you know, it's great. It's, 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 it's all great. Um, so and then let's let's move it to the East, Jay, and let's talk about that 10th seed. Who is most likely to get that 10th seed and be the last team to make the play in? Uh, we have the Hawks right now currently in we have the Hawks right now currently in 10th place at 29 and 31. And then we have the Washington Wizards currently in 11th place at 27 and 33. And the Wizards are two games out from the Hawks. Um, who's most likely to get that 10th seed, Jay? Hawks for Hawks. sure. I mean, Hawks. yeah, I don't, come yeah, on, yeah, I don't really on. have <laughs> much, too much to say about to that. To add to that, other than that, yeah, I think the yeah. Hawks, Trey Young, right we see what he's been doing. Um, we see what he did to the Six last night to the Raptors. <laughs> Absolutely torched them. Did got whatever he wanted. So yeah, I'm gonna go with the Hawks in that. Yeah. Wizards just don't have enough, especially with their star and, and their quote star and Bradley Beal <laughs> and uh, Chris Tapps Brzingis. We don't know if he's gonna play this season. So I'm gonna go with the Hawks. Right hey, now. Jay. Hey, Jay. Don't don't disrespect Kristaps, Jay. <laughs> just playing. All right. So let's keep pushing, brother. Uh, who is most likely to get that sixth seed and avoid the playing situation in the East? Is it the Celtics who are currently in sixth place at 36 and 26? Or is it your finest, Jay, the sixth, the Toronto Raptors at 32 and 27? I'm going to go with the, the Celtics. I think they're rolling right now. We've seen yeah. them one of the best defensive teams in the NBA right now at the moment. Um, they're kind of really seeing finding a way to make it work between Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, seeing how they would like to play. We've seen Jason Tatum become more of a facilitator and a playmaker. The the player that we knew that the Celtics needed to have um, to, for him to be doing that in order to be successful. We always knew he could score, but if you took that that level of growth, that next step of growth to become the facilitator and the player um, to pass out of doubles, to play make, because we know he has the size um, and skill to do so. And he's been kind of taking that step. And we've seen Jalen Brown um, being the the Robin that, that I had always envisioned um, him to be. Not to say that on any given night he can take over, but Jason Tatum needs to be the best player of the Boston Celtics. And he's been doing that. And that's another reason why they've been successful on the offensive end. 
Um, and I just think they're a better overall team right now with more ability, um, more stars and more depth in general than the Raptors. And I think they'll be able to sustain that lead and take that six spot and avoid the playing game ultimately. Yeah, yeah, brother. I'm 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 right there with you. The Celtics have been really starting to to turn things around, man. I mean, the beginning of the season definitely was tough for them as a team, was tough for Tatum, but uh but but as of late, you know, they've really been able to turn things around, just like how you said. So uh so yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I definitely think that the Celtics will be able to grab that last seed uh to avoid the play-in. And then last uh one for the East here, Jay, is who is most likely going to get that first seed. We have the Heat currently right now holding down that first seat at 40 and 21 and the bulls in the second seat at 39 and 22 only one game difference wow oh wow is that crazy jay who's most likely going to get that first seed that's a crazy one yeah you you've been calling it with the bulls all season jam yeah they they they've been sustaining which i never thought they'd be able to do Still don't believe in in Busevic, um and his rim protection. I like the although I do love the addition of Tristan Thompson. I will stand by that. Um, eight and ten in the eight and two in the last ten for the Miami Heat playing great basketball. And there's a reason for that. That sustained excellence, you know, that cliche hashtag Heat culture. But it's it's really true. This is the toughness and grit that all of those guys play with um, from from top to bottom on that roster, buying into what Eric Spoelstra is preaching night to night. And there's a reason that sustained excellence will make me believe in them down the stretch. I'm, I've questioned some of Billy Donovan's rotations, albeit, I mean, for them to be 39 and 22, one game out of one game back of the of the, the heat and that first seed right now, I think it's unbr- unreal. And he's definitely in the running for coach of the year. Don't get don't get me wrong. But I still question what he does regardless um he's had three run leads he's had you know success before and he's fumbled the bag so I, for that reason believe more in Eric Spolstra he's he's put players coaches put players in positions to win players take advantage to those positions and ultimately win the game and I just believe in the better coach in Eric Spolstra the better system for the heat so I got them taking that first seat Okay, okay, but I mean, Jay, hey, you know, I, I got to keep it consistent, Jay, and I've been rocking with the Bulls all season, Jay, so I'm going to go the other way, and I'm going to swing on the Bulls, man. I know, I, and while I agree with you that Vooch might not be the answer come playoffs because of the, the, the play gets a lot smaller, the game gets a lot shorter, um, you, you really need rim protection, and I, don't, I really don't see that in the Bulls. I don't think TT was the, was the guy to get it, but, um, but I mean, I'm going to keep riding high with the Bulls. Uh, I've said it since the beginning of the season. I really, really like that pairing of DeMar, of Zag. And then, you know, uh, really the backcourt is just kind of insane. They have all these they have all these uh, great players in the backcourt. So I'm just going to go ahead and keep rocking with the Bulls on that one. Um, and then, Jay, man, that, that, that'll go ahead and wraps up our little most likely section. So you want to get into the games, Jay? Yes, sir. Let's do, let's, it. let's do it, man. Let's do it, Jay. So. I, I told you this game I'm going to talk about, Jay, because I've been so excited for this game. It was the James Harden debut, man. The 76ers beat the Wolves 133 to 102. Uh, I mean, coming into this game, I even texted you, Jay, the morning uh, the morning of <laughs> on the game. I texted you. It's his first, it's his debut today. I was just so excited because this is honestly, I mean, after LeBron and AD, 
I mean, AD never plays, so basically Le- LeBron is LeBron and LeBron James are, is the duo, basically. But after LeBron and a- the duo LeBron and AD, this might be my second favorite duo, Jay, because, man, I mean, we're talking about Joel Embiid, like the, the man who's leading the league in scoring right now. And then you're going to pair him up with James Harden, the man who's second in the league right now for, for most assists. Like, how is that pairing not going to work when you, when you look at it, uh, when you look at it on paper, man. So that's why I was so excited to come game time. And that's exactly what happened, man. The 76ers came out very strong. They scored 34 points in the first Joel Embiid had a ridiculous 10 points and eight rebounds in the first quarter. The 76ers, went straight to that James Harden and Joel Embiid pick and roll. And man, it just looked so beautiful, Jay. It, it, it just had so many options out of it. Like if they ran a high pick and roll, uh, the defense, they could not, they could not double Harden. Cause if they doubled Harden, Joel Embiid is open for whether a pick, uh, whether a shot, uh, a pick and pop at the top or a pick and roll while he's rolling to the hoop. Um, so they, they, they had a pop option. They had the roll option. They had the James Harden option. The defenses couldn't, just double Joel Embiid, but the the dude is so damn big. You need to double him in the post, but they 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 couldn't because then James Harden knocks it down. It was just like it was just so deadly, Jay. And and honestly, this is exactly what I've been calling for for so damn long. I was like, why is Ben Simmons on the 76ers? Like you run a pick and roll. This is a pick and roll league. You just double Joel Embiid, force Ben Simmons to shoot. The play is over, right? The play is mm-hmm. over. But now, when you have Harden, it, there's just so many options. And uh, I, after, uh, I, I like a mid mid to late in the first, uh, the the Minnesota Timberwolves stopped running uh, man defense and started running a zone defense. And James Harden just started torching that that zone defense. And to be real with you, Jay, like after that, like the 76ers never lost the lead again. They went on, uh, they, they, they went on a 17, 17-2 run, outscored the Wolves in every single quarter. And I mean, there's not much to talk about for the game. So I really kind of want to talk a little bit more on, uh, on, on, on Harden, because I mean, the, the, the Harden and the uh, 76ers really control that game. But I just want to talk about like, for the Sixers dog, like that was our first time again, so be it like i mean i mean again take it with a grain of salt because like how you said it is a one sample game size but i mean the sixers just look so scary out there jay you texted in the group chat like that's real scary hours because i'm with harden out there the offense just flowed so well i mean uh, uh tyrese maxi scored 28 points and i think all 28 points came from him just being so damn open because james harden just demands so much attention out there and then uh you know uh tobias harris he would have had a good game if he could knock down a damn shot um joel Embiid. he even said in his in his in his post game um in his post game interview he said i've never been this open in my my life in the nba and that's because Mm -hmm. harden demands so much attention and i mean we're we're seeing pick and rolls where joel Embiid is left clearly open at the top because uh, James Harden is getting doubled. And that's what led for a a dominant game for the 76ers. Joel Embiid scoring 34 points, 10 rebounds, 54% from the field, 60% from three. James Harden almost notching a triple-double at 27 points, 12 assists, eight rebounds, 71% from the three-point line. And then, like how we mentioned, Tyrese Maxey, man, definitely did his thing with 28 points. And then uh, on the Wolf side of things, I just want to touch on it real quick so this doesn't sound like a 76ers podcast. Um, Mm -hmm. The the Wolf straight up just got outplayed man i mean cat definitely tried to do his thing at 25.7 rebounds um but at the end of the day i mean Delo was just extremely inefficient uh anthony edwards was extremely inefficient and as a matter of fact jay i think i thought of this um 
I guess, comparison. I really think I, I Anthony Edwards is a better version of Jordan Clarkson, in my opinion. Like when Jordan Clarkson is playing bad, like the Jazz are going to have a terrible game. When Anthony Edwards is playing bad, the, the Wolves are going to have a terrible game. But when they have good games, man, they, they're very uh, streaky players that can that can go off. But I know that was long-winded, Jay, but Wolves got outplayed. Love to see James Harden out there. Nah, for real. That was that was a good that was a good um, analysis of that game, man. And I think, yeah, just this adding James Harden to that mix and, and Joel Embiid having that impact and that punch of of dynamic dynamism, um, I guess if you want to call it, <laughs> of those two is unreal. Um, just that attacking punch and being able to have that versatility inside out, like you mentioned, is unreal. Um, can't even wait to see what happens the rest of the season with that bunch. Uh, and we'll, we'll definitely be tuning in to the end of this Knicks um, six of games <laughs> after this, Jay. But anyway, Jay, let me, let me talk about this game that I, I want to talk about. Um, and, and, th- and this dude has been balling, Jay. Let's talk about, I think we'd be remiss. We didn't talk about the career high in a game between the Memphis Grizzlies and the Chicago Bulls last night, Jay. Man, John. A 46 46- Piece Holy shit. he's going to and 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 wasn't able to to put out we weren't able to to get that John Morant 360 layup which which should have been on, on the clutch talk page um because that play was unreal and honestly looking like shades of Mr. Jordan um and I would not putting them in the same conversation just a Jordan-esque play um rent wishes but just that that 360 layup i, I will say just got to start off by saying that that's some unreal athleticism um john Morant, i've been saying looks like dude's got springs i mean the guy just floats in the air it's unreal but jay let's talk about 46 points obviously on the road in chicago um the grizzlies hung on to beat um the bulls 116 to 110 um just prime time primetime game obviously was only on league pass which is unreal that's got to be on espn what are you doing man um in my opinion but so the grizzlies um led a 17 point lead um shrink to one obviously in the fourth quarter um this was uh, the chicago bulls coming into this game had a six game winning streak which you know they were coming in hot um the grizzlies have also been playing bat- great basketball as well obviously the, they're the third series third season and no, no flunking, no easy um, team to beat uh, right now for a reason. So they came in. Um, John Morant started the game hot in the first half. Um, he scored 16, and then he scored 20 in the third quarter, um, making 15 of 28 shots, including three three-pointers, and was 13 for 15 from the foul line, man. So it just seemed like from the start, the, the Grizzlies came out and punched it punch the bulls in the mouth. And that's exactly what you got to do. If you're the uh, home team, sorry, away team coming into another team's home, especially a team that's been rolling like the bulls, you got to come out and send a message. And that's exactly what they did. Um, we've seen um, the versatility of Steven Adams and the playmaking that he, he can have. Um, Adams had 12 points in a season high, 21 rebounds one play that sticks out to me is Adams you know getting a rebound on the defensive end and throwing it across the court to I believe Zaire Williams or um or John Morant and I mean that's just the type of plays that have been kind of the storyline of the Grizzlies you know that grit the tenacity to make those energetic plays 
and leak out and find opportunistic plays. And that's what you got to do, especially against a guy like DeMar DeRozan, who's been rolling with 10 straight 30 point games, Jay, (laughs) Uh, who, you know, you've been loving it as an owner of him on your, on the clutch talk fantasy team, Jay. But I mean, listen, let me just put this in perspective to you, Jay. Um, DeMar had another 30 piece last night and the longest streak by a Bulls player um, since, oh yeah, you know who he is, my GOAT, in my opinion, Mr. Michael Jordan. That's did it in 10 straight, 10, Jay, that's a leak. The lead of the elite. so elite. Oh my 10 God. straight. Um, so MJ had 10 straight from uh, December 25th, 1990 to January 14th, 1991. So way back, that's how long that has been. And we know the players who played there, yeah. Derek Rose to, to name one. Um, he was 10 from 29 from the field. So kind of, kind of struggled ending his NBA record of eight games scoring at least 35 while shooting 50% um, or better. And we saw him get ejected in in the closing seconds, obviously on on a foul call. And, and that 10 for 29 just goes to show you the defense and tenacity. Like I mentioned earlier that the Memphis Grizzlies play on night to night, frustrating DeMar DeRozan, ultimately leading to one technical um, early on in the game because of, of of their physicality they play with, making it tough for him on the offensive end and to his ultimate ejection at the end of the game. End of the game. And that's their never back down, back down mentality. I know I, ta- I heard about Desmond Bain, um, him night to night saying that they're one of the biggest t- trash-talking teams yeah. in the league, um, having that young grit, Jay, and, and that's what they were able to do. So Zach Levine finished with 28 points in his second game back, um, not really looking like himself, um, missed, you know, the final three games before the All-Star break because of his inhaling knee. So hopefully he can get back for the uh, for, for the Bulls and, and get them back um, to playing well. So, Jay, this, this not to talk too much more about the game, man, um, it just goes to show you the the Grizzlies have won four straight uh, against Chicago. They're they're really feeling themselves, and I, and I just think this is a really scary team. And I'm gonna keep saying it. I'm gonna keep saying it again, man. This Grizzlies team is scary. Just showed it again, um, <clears throat> back. And then on the Bulls side of things, um, they just need to get Alex Caruso back. I know he's back to resuming basketball activities. Hopefully in the in the next coming upcoming week. So. They need that depth. They need those type of players to match um, the likes of DeAnthony Melton and wreaking habit and those kind of depth players that other teams have to offer in order for them to stay afloat in the East, Jay. But that's just a quick recap of that game and just more highlighting both of their teams and some performances that I thought stuck out between those two. Yes, sir, Jay. Thank you for that, Jay. That was a great breakdown of the game. And I mean, I mean, you said you, you said it all, brother. Like, I generally have ha, have nothing to add, but um, besides just Demar, dog. Like, I mean, you, mm. like this been uh, his play is it's just just been crazy. You like you said, ten plus uh, ten plus thirty point games. Just um, he been having a great season, man. And then 
on the other side, John Moran. I mean, you know his name, dog. I mean, almost a mm-hmm. fifty, almost a fifty burger shooting seventy-five percent from the three-point land is crazy. Getting to the free throw line fifteen times. Again, we're not talking about some. We're not talking about um, Joel Embiid. We're talking about a six-three. You know, maybe like six-four if I'm being nice at the most, right? Like a, mm-hmm. a, a point guard getting to the free throw line fifteen times in a game, leading the entire game on both squads getting to the free throw line. Man, that's that mm-hmm. heart. That's that. That's that grit, Jay. That's that grit. That's mm-hmm. the only, only way you can say it is the grit, man. So it was a great game, Jay. Thank you for um for 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 recapping that, my brother. Yeah. And then um, so are you ready to get to our, our last little segment here, brother? We just gonna talk about the winners and losers of the week. Yes, sir. Let's get into it. Let's get into it, Jay. So I'll, I'll go ahead and uh, and kick mine off. I'll go ahead and uh, start off with my winner of the week, and that's the Celtics. I mean, you, you said it, Jay. The, they've been really starting to turn things around. Uh, right now, they're currently on a two-game winning streak. And biggest of all, man, they had they got who they needed in that true point guard in Derek White. So that I'm going to go with my, my winners being the Celtics because I really can see them uh, start to turn things around and hopefully – miss that playing situation i mean like not have to play in the playing yeah 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 no of course that's a good one that's a good one um for yeah you want to go with your losers first no no, no, go ahead i I was gonna let you go with your winners okay um my my winners um my winner i think it has to be demar rosen i think that's just elite company Mm -hmm. um being in that despite losing last night I, i think he's just playing unreal basketball especially from I'm going to do a, more of a story time coming from Toronto and, and being kind of just a player that, you know, was disappointed. You know, obviously they brought in Kawhi. They won that championship. And I know that had to feel some type of way for him being shipped out to, to San Antonio. I'll, I'll be a, just a historic franchise, but I think a lot of people had written them off saying his career had kind of been on a plateau there in San Antonio, but he was, all that time that people had written off, he was continuing to develop, continuing to um, become kind of more of a three-level scorer. You've seen him shoot the ball at more consistently from the three-point line. And um, obviously he's always been a master of the mid-range and, you know, an assassin from that. And he can attack the rim with the best of them, an elite free-throw shooter as well. And then comes into Chicago and is just playing the best basketball of his career in my opinion, and, and really just putting up historic numbers. So has to be the winner. And I'll add another name into that mix, and that's Mr. C.J. McCollum. I mean, it's more obviously they had one game this past week, so I'm going to add it to before that um, before that All-Star break. But, Jay, I'm going to talk about his last five games, one of them beating the league-best Phoenix Suns, despite not having Chris Paul, but knocking them off, where he had 32 points, six rebounds, four assists, and then the game before that, 38 points, two rebounds, five assists, 30 points, six rebounds, seven assists, 23 points, four rebounds, five assists, 36 points, 11 rebounds, five assists, Jay. Those oh, are Lord. some elite, elite, elite numbers, man. And w- at what point do we start saying DJ McCullum is underrated? Ultimately, he might already be underrated because those are some elite numbers. And I think it needs to be talked about a little bit more. But those are my winners of the week. Yeah. Man, Jay, I, I, I love I love those two. CJ, yeah, he's been just going off, yeah, as of late. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then for my loser, I got one loser, and he is the biggest loser in my eyes right now, and that is Ben Simmons. <laughs> I, I mean, you heard my dis, dislike for him earlier. I just can't believe he really cried his way out of Philly. Like, uh, I, I have it here in my notes, Jay. Like, when I was typing this up yesterday, Ben Simmons, you know who he reminds me of, bro? 
<laughs> he reminds me of that kid who like like you you guys are all playing or something like that outside and then like you you don't let him play and then he cries and runs to his mom and then his mom comes come, comes back out and she's like let my son play and then now we have to let him play and like now the kid comes comes back out outside the next day and thinks that like we're friends like bro you snitched on us bro we're not friends bro like that's how right. i feel about ben simmons bro like he cried his way out of philly only because he can't shoot and now he's just sitting on the nets bench like it's good or something like that bro oh my god he pisses me of but jay who's your loser of the week man my loser my losers are, are the toronto raptors man Ooh. um been a tough week for the raptors i think one of those weeks where you kind of look back i mean i know they've been on such a hot streak before this um but but losing that the way i think it's the fashion that it did against the hornets both on the road albeit um, 120 and OGN and OB out as well. I have to add that little asterisk, but losing 125 to 93 on, on the road. Um, that's, that's 37 uh, for the, for those, sorry, 32 for those, for those keeping track at home, man, a terrible loss. And then losing, but the next night um, by 27 against the Hawks, those back-to-back losses for the Raptors, I think is terrible. Um, just simply off the fact that you, you lose by, you know, you're going to get slapped. You're going to, you're going to have some bad losses in the NBA. It's the NBA. You're, you're going to have nights where you don't have all your guys ready to go, but to back that up with the 20, 27 point loss, that's terrible, especially with all the veterans you have on that roster. And I think just maybe guys are tired. I don't know. I know Fred's been struggling with um, knee problems um, throughout the season. Nick nurse has been running his guys into the ground, but you can't be losing like that. Hopefully they bounce back against the nets and, I'll add this little other other caveat. The Hornets and the Hawks are both teams that they might have to see in the play-in tournament, and that's not a good message Jeez. to send to those guys, and it's not a good thing to have in the back of your mind um, going into the play-in tournament, knowing that those guys you lost by uh, 32, not, 32 one night, and then the next night you lost the Hawks, both teams, like I said, who you might play in the play-in tournament. So not a good look there for the Raptors, losers of the week. Man, Jay, I, on, you you know what? As much as I don't like Ben Simmons, they are now the losers of the week because <laughs> I, I I didn't I didn't think about it like that. I didn't. I to be real with you, I didn't think about it from the fact that they might have to play those two teams come mm-hmm. to play in situation. And you know, Jay, like it, once you when, when you beat somebody once. Like, it's not that you're not going to train the next time you play him, but like, you know right. what to do. You know what to do. You know, you feel confident. You like, you like, man, I just popped you last time. Like, I, I, I know what to do. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I, I and, and that, that confidence is definitely going to, it's going to show, man. So that, that, that's an interesting point, Jay. I, I actually really like that. So Ben Simmons, you got saved by Jay Hill this week. You are not, you are not, <laughs> you are not the loser of the week. The Raptors are. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right man well jay i think this is a good place for us to go ahead and wrap it up here man i think this is a great episode we talked about a lot of things man um cover you know cover some games cover the up or down port uh talk about some news when the in the who's most likely to and um and yeah jay i mean we got a jam-packed full of games uh coming up uh, after we get mm-hmm. off recording here um i really don't have much else to say my brother do you got anything else to say before we sign off here no jay that was, that was a great episode as usual brother Yes, sir, man. So for all the fans, man, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, and uh, check us out on Instagram. Check us out on TikTok. Check us out on Twitter. It's at Clutch Talk Pod. And that's it, man. We out of here, y'all. Clutch Talk out. Peace.